This Team Perry Step Out of Line podcast is sponsored by the International Biophysics Corporation, where science-inspired innovation is creating innovative, disruptive medical devices and technologies that improve treatment therapies and patient outcomes. Their products have enabled Perry to have a healthy and productive life. And for that, we thank them from the bottom of our hearts for their constant and unwavering support. This podcast featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. say I have three pivotal points in my life that I went through trauma that I had to make some some really big decisions the first one I was sexually abused when I was a young child and that was a really big thing and coming forward to that um it's gonna choke me up a little but coming forward to that in my 30s was was a very hard time to tell people that I was sexually abused the second time is when I broke my spine and I learned learned how to rewalk again I was either confining myself to a cane with the doctor said I would never walk again or making the decision that I said I was going to walk again. And the third one is when I went through a major divorce and I went through bankruptcy and was homeless for a while. And it was putting forth all my effort to really just go after and win back my son. And that was a choice that I made to put, put all his comforts first before mine. I remember a story my father told me. Um, one day we were watching TV and this was years ago, back in the seventies, we had one of those TVs where you bang the screen on the side to get a picture. We were watching a Jets game and he said, who's the best player you see on the screen? And I named all the players and he's like, no, no, no. And he's actually said, it's some guy up in the stands who through adversity, he decided to give up on himself. And now he wears somebody else's name on the back of his Jersey when he could have been on the field playing. He said, never give yourself the opportunity to ask what if, because you only get one chance in this life. And that really made a big impact to me, not only this story, but that quote is never give yourself the opportunity to ask what if. And I said, I'm going to leave this legacy. I'm going to leave this world a better, a better place and a better person by making the decision to be the best person I can be. This may seem morbid to people, but I always focus on every day that this is going to be my last day that I'm ever going to live. So I do the best I can each and every day to live this day is it's going to be my last. And I give the best of myself each and every day and I want to be exhausted at the end of the day. And every day I always think about my funeral. My dad had 500 people show up at his funeral and um, I always say to myself, I'm going to have 10,000 people show up at my funeral. I'm choking up again. <laughs> um, you choked me up, Perry. To come to my son and say that your father made an impact in my life. Perry was always aware in the back of her mind, I have to make today matter and I have to make an impact today. She's not going to wait till she's 60 to say, okay, now I can start, um, you know, doing things for other people and, and, and raise money and do the, she, she couldn't do that. She knew she had to start at an early age and I, that's her philosophy. I think that she doesn't waste any time. It's not morbid. It's maybe, maybe you're a realist just as much as Perry is. Perry had spinal surgery for about three years. And when the spinal fusion was over, she couldn't walk and she couldn't get out of bed. And she turned to a, a PT, who, a physical therapist who she had since she was little. And she, and she reached out to her and she said, you know, I need help. Did you find that once you asked for help and you weren't 
all on your own doing this alone? Was that something that was a turning point for you, like it was for Perry? Yes, um, I started asking for help uh, shortly after my first my first surgery. I had 16 surgeries to put my spine back together. And it was, it was a really triumphant time where reaching out was, was the best thing because there were people who were doubting me forever to walk again. And I, I too did find a PE that I enlisted in. And I said, I have to walk. I have to, I have to end this chapter as the author of my life. I'm not going to let doctors say who I am or what, what they dictate is going to be in my life. So I had, to, I had to reach deep within me and actually ask for help. And now I have a group of mentors I call. my um, Basically, a, we call it a mastermind group. So I have a group of gentlemen that I meet, meet with on a monthly basis. And we each ask each other help. And we each, each ask each other help through our networks. And it's the greatest thing. Once you once you start to learn to ask for help, you actually start to learn to mature. So I had to actually start to learn how to ask for help on a regular basis. And to, to this day, I'm asking for help from so many people. I start off my day every, every day, what we call a morning ritual. So each and every day I do what we call an incantation where I wake up every day and I, I say, God's wealth is circling around me. And I say, by December 31st, I'll accomplish this by doing this, this, and this. So I get my mindset ready each and every morning. And then I'll start my day with about four to six clients that I work with via Zoom or in person. At that part, it's all about empowering those people because the, where the mind goes, the body will follow. So I first work on people's behavior to make a behavioral change within the, in the confines of the mind and the person. And then it's easy for me to make physical changes in, inside, the, uh, inside the body. A good portion of my day is done by journaling and reading. Each and every day I read a lot and I do journal a lot. And then I'm, I'm into prayer. My faith is a very, big, very big part of my life. So I always find, you know, asking for help not only from with my faith, but also with with others. And then so I can grant them the help because I have to work on myself first. And one thing I want to say, go off on a tangent, is that this is that we really need to work on ourselves as much as possible. And what I mean by that is working on ourselves on a mental basis, working on ourselves that we can thus have the strength and confidence and courage to instill power and confidence within others. So working on ourselves first is, is the most important thing before we can actually start to help others. I usually wake up very early in the morning. I wake up between 4.30 and five o'clock and I call that my selfish hour. And I dedicate that, that time. I have, you know, I have a younger son, but I also, I am engaged. And I, we have two other children with her. So before everybody wakes up, I, I do that part of my day where I meditate, I journal, I read. I do my incantation and I, and I exercise. So finding time first thing in the morning is very important. And people say, well, I don't have the time. You have to make the time because you never want to take your last breath and say, I never gave everything I could to myself while I was here on this earth. So that's why I do is I find my time first thing in the morning. When your body physically gives up on you, like you had mentioned, you have that. And, you know, Perry and I both are going through right now where our bodies aren't where we need it to be in order to go through our daily routine, let alone compete in a marathon that we're, you know, slated to do in, in February. What do you do mentally to prepare yourself that you physically are never going to get to the point where you can do something again that you always wanted to do, but you can't? There has to be a point where you say, I'm accepting I can't do it, or do you just keep always hoping that you can do it? I'm, I'm a very big thing called neurolinguistic programming, which is NLP. So I'm a, an NLP practitioner. So what you think in your mind, your body will follow. 
So I visualize myself. So for instance, what you guys with the marathon, the marathon, I would start running it in my mind. I would see myself, I would visualize myself. And if you think about it, athletes, you know, we're getting ready for the Olympics. They visualize their, their whole competition in their mind even before the day of the competition even has begun. So they've seen their floor routine. They've seen themselves swimming across the pool. They've seen themselves running down the track. So I always tell people, see yourself prior to doing it because your mind doesn't know if your body's actually doing it or not. You can excite yourself up here. You can, you can start sweating once you, once you start running in your mind. I always say start visualizing as much as possible. And people say, well, it's very hard for me to visualize. Start by doing it five seconds and then 10 seconds. And then the next day, 15 seconds. So start small baby steps on the visualization. As I said, your mind doesn't know if your body's actually running the marathon. You know, Roger Bannister was the first person to ever break the four minute mile. And he visualized himself doing it even before he started getting on the track to run it. What do you do to relax? I have, a, I have a dog. I love taking my dog for a walk. I love being with my fiance. I love being with my children. So those are my relaxing times. When I'm with my son, my phone is off. So I always say, you know, don't bother me on the weekends. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't contact me when I'm with my son. And people respect that. So it's very important to set up boundaries. And that's one thing we really have to do is that we're the judges of our lives. We, we, what I mean by that is that we're in control. We're the judge. We want to make time for ourselves. We have to, in essence, set up boundaries and let people know. Because when you set up boundaries, you're instilling confidence in other people that, hey, I am in control of my life. You're doing a marathon. What three things would you put in your fanny pack? I'd put an inspirational quote that I can always reach in and look. I would put the uh, time that I'm going to run the marathon in. And I'll put that on an, in an index card to keep my mind focused and strong. And the last thing that I would do is I would have the time to start visualizing. I wouldn't put it in my fanny pack, but I would visualize myself each and every day crossing that finish line.